goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Frog in the throat. Well, not a frog. Something. Welcome, my friend. <laughs> Boy, I hope that's not an omen for the way this week is going to go. It's not. Welcome, my friends. Most Nerdly's Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. If you would like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. And yes, as always, plenty to discuss, plenty of news out there. I'm going to start with a story that may not be like the top 10 story. Have you heard about this deal that happened with Naomi Biden? Naomi Biden, she's the 29-year-old eldest daughter of Hunter Biden and his ex-wife, Kathleen Buell. I'm not sure if that's the one that was uh, his brother's wife first that he was, I don't know. But anyway, this happened in Georgetown. Those of you familiar with Washington, D.C., know that Georgetown is the very vibrant neighborhood on the outskirts of D.C., a lot of shopping, the Tony part of time where everyone goes, let's go to Georgetown and go shopping and go hang out. So, of course, Biden's in Georgetown, makes sense. So at about 11.58 on Sunday night, Secret Service agents assigned to the Naomi Biden detail caught up with three suspects. They, they, they caught three suspects attempting to get into an unoccupied government vehicle. One of the windows in the car was smashed during the break-in, and... Not clear if Ms. Naomi Biden heard the commotion, but ABC News reports she was made aware of the incident afterwards. So the Secret Service agents encounter these three individuals breaking a window in a parked car. It's a government car. And one of them discharged a weapon, a shot, and the the perpetrators ran off. Okay, haven't been arrested yet. Okay, a crime prevented. A shot was fired. Nobody's making a big deal out of it. In New York, a Queens man is under all kind of grief because he discharged his weapon to save a woman who was actually being threatened. She was being threatened robbery. 
by a homeless man with a history of attacking people in this way, threatening to steal from them, menacing them. And this guy from Queens shot his weapon, scared the guy off, and this guy has since been arrested. And, oh, my goodness, we remember we had the uh, transportation authorities here with the MTA. Oh, this is, this is disgraceful. This is unacceptable. So it's acceptable to fire off a weapon when you're on the detail of, of, of Hunter Biden's daughter. It's, oh, it's acceptable to fire off a weapon there to scare off people that don't are not even threatening her. They're threatening a piece of property, a car. But it's okay to fire off your weapon there. We don't have any outrage over the Secret Service firing off a weapon. But when a woman in New York who is not related to some big-time politician, just your average 40-year-old woman going about her business, working hard for a living, when she's threatened and someone discharges a weapon to protect her, the guy gets arrested. That should tell you all you need to know. There is a double standard the way that this justice system not just the federal justice system. There's a double standard the way our justice system operates. Here's another story. The guy by the name of Kindred Khalil Hamlin. He assaulted Representative Angie Craig in an elevator of her watch. This woman's a congresswoman. Democrat Minnesota Representative Angie Craig was assaulted in the elevator of her Washington, D.C. apartment building. This was back in February. Now, the U.S. attorney in that case, Matthew Graves, has asked that this guy receive 39 months in jail. 39 months in jail. The defendant's lengthy criminal history makes clear that he poses a significant danger to the community. The sentencing memo says, as a 27-year-old, the defendant has amassed nine convictions which score criminal history points. Three other convictions that don't score points. He's been arrested 28 times. The feds are asking for 39 months for this guy for assaulting a member of Congress at her home. Some of the January 6th people who were nonviolent have been sentenced to more time than that on their first ever encounter with the law. They don't have a history. They've done nothing before. But the same prosecutors that are demanding this career felon get 39 months, have asked for more time and gotten it for people who were arrested in this January 6th incident who had no prior criminal history and who were nonviolent, didn't do anything violent at all. Again, 
The left is keen on always talking about disparity this, disparity that, disparity in income. Let's let's have an equal society, et cetera, et cetera. They don't care about the disparities when it comes to the way that they run this justice system. The Supreme Court, speaking of justice system, the Supreme Court of the United States has announced today that it has issued an ethics code for the justices that sit on the Supreme Court. This is after the left's continued attack on Justice Thomas in an effort to undermine the Supreme Court. And it has been a talking point of Democrats that there is no ethics code of conduct at the Supreme Court. Well, today the Supreme Court has adopted their own code of conduct, hopefully to squash all of this talk. And by the way, Justice Thomas, it turns out, wasn't the only center of attention Good journalists on the right discovered <clears throat> that Justice Soto Sotomayor had an issue with her books. Her staff was pressuring people to buy those books. That never went anywhere. In fact, last week, funny story. The House Judiciary Committee was all set to try to issue subpoenas to Leo Leonard and to uh, Harlan Crow until Republicans in the Senate said, fine, you want to start you want to start this endless witch hunt on Justice Thomas? You want to start issuing subpoena? We're going to issue subpoenas of our own. And they started mentioning names like people that were associated with Jeffrey Epstein. Like other people, all of a sudden. The committee hearing was adjourned. Oops, better not go further with this. Programming announcement, Princess Diana will be with us tomorrow. Princess Di will join us, the princess of policy, because she has a theory about this next story. This next story, San Francisco, we talked about it on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. San Francisco is doing something that they haven't done in many, many years. They're cleaning up their town. They're getting rid of the homeless people. They're cleaning all the poop off the streets, the human poop, and all the other bodily fluids that have run amok in San Francisco. They're making sure the criminals aren't visible parading through the streets. The drug addicts are not in front of the main businesses there. All of a sudden, they're cleaning it up because of the Chinese communist leader, Xi Jinping, is coming to town. Gavin Newsom was given the red carpet treatment on his recent visit to China. Xi Jinping is coming to San Francisco, and all of a sudden the Democrats are cleaning up San Francisco. Now, Gavin Newsom was asked about it. And he's like, yeah, we're cleaning up. This is what you do. 
This is what you do. Is he, he equated it to what happens when you have a guest at your home. If you're going to have a guest at your, at your home, you make sure that the house is clean. And that's what we're doing. He is unapologetically saying, yeah, we're cleaning up the city. Well, there's an article in Wall Street Journal today about that. San Francisco cleans up for G. Why not for V? Exactly right. Why not for the residents, the businesses, the people who inhabit San Francisco? Never have been treated to that treatment. Let's clean up this town for you. Let's clean up this town for the residents who have to put up with this nonsense and the businesses that have to operate. Many of the businesses in downtown San Francisco, large retailers, have fled town because of the soaring crime rates and because of the hopelessness of the conditions there. All of a sudden, you get Chinese commie bosses coming to town, and Governor Newsom can't wait to clean up the place so that they have a nice presentation for the commies. Wonderful. That, th- that clip, by the way, of, 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 of Newsom went viral. The Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit starts Wednesday. A dozen foreign leaders, including Xi Jinping, and Newsom says this, I know folks say they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. That's true, because it's true. I'm so excited about showing this place off to 21 fancy foreign leaders from around the world. Anytime you put on an event, by definition, you have people over at the house, you've got to clean up the house. 21 foreign leaders, you get tens of thousands of people coming from around the globe. What an opportunity to showcase the world's most extraordinary place. It was extraordinary for all these years because people had issued maps. There was so much human feces on the street of San Francisco that people created maps to warn tourists where not to go so that they could avoid stepping in human feces. This is real. This was San Francisco. And all of a sudden, they can clean up San Francisco because because 21 fancy leaders are coming to town? Yes, I see a look of surprise. Is that real? Yes, it was real. Business interests in the city had started creating maps of where tourists shouldn't go so that they could avoid the human stench in San Francisco. But now... Xi Jinping is coming to town, so let's clean it all up. Uh, while we're on the left coast of America, this little brief story from the left coast. You know, they had elections. Last week was election week. You know that, right? We already know who won, who lost. Guess what? King County elections. They're still counting the votes out there, and they intend to count the votes. They say it's going to take another two weeks. It'll be three weeks. Three weeks after the election until King County sorts out who voted. Now, King County is notorious. This is the place where they had the governor's race. Democrats had to win the election. So all of a sudden, they end up with more votes in King County than there were voters. More votes cast in King County than there were voters. 
it goes to court, and the Democrat judges there say, yep, that's okay, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's normal. We have more vote we have more votes than we do voters. It's okay. They voted Democrat, it's okay. True story. John Funder wrote about it and book his book many years ago dealing with elections. And people keep saying, Oh no, no, election denier if you question elections. Go to King County. Three weeks later, we live King County is the home of Amazon. King County, aside from Silicon Valley is the biggest, one of the biggest tech regions in the country. You have more tech businesses there. We have high tech up the wazoo. And with all that technology, they can't count the votes for almost three weeks. But they can produce more votes than there are voters. 2016, Leon Russell dies in Nashville. Age 74, Leon Russell, one of America's amazing songwriters. Joe Cocker, he wrote this one for George Benson. Big hit. This was on George Benson's breakthrough album, Breezing. Breezin. This Masquerade. He also wrote Superstar for the Carpenters. And one of his bigger hits, A Song for You. Donny Hathaway's version, Ray Charles. I mean, so many people. That, he said he wrote that song in 10 minutes. That song has been recorded by other artists over 100 times. Leon Russell. Most nervous rush out here on WABC Talk Radio 77. We're coming back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Both afraid to say we're just too far away From being close together from the start Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. 1992. Ronnie Boyd, drummer with the Trogs, went on to the next level up. 1966, this was number one. Wild Thing. Wild Thing. 
Wild thing on WABC Talk Radio 77. Uh, listen, let me ask you a question. That's the guys here. Yes, it's time. Get ready. I'm asking questions. You too, Phil. In fact, Phil, we'll start with you. What if you had a million dollars of assets? Would you feel that you have made it? Would you feel rich? God, one million, one million, one billion even, books. One million is not even close to enough. No, 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 no. I would not feel comfortable with that, especially not in New York City. Okay, Diego, you have one million bucks in assets. Are you rich? Do you feel rich? Not as rich as other people, but compared to where I am now, I would feel rich. Compared to where I am now, compared, you would feel rich if you had a million dollars in assets. Who's our yes. young trainee in the room right now? This is Carlos. Carlos, you want to get on the mic? Yeah, Carlos. Listen, question for you, Carlos, young trainee. Welcome. How are you? Listen, Carlos, if you had one million bucks in assets, are you feeling rich? Do you feel like you've made it? Uh, depends on uh, what, what the goal was, but I feel richer than I was for before. For your goal. For your goal. What, what goal? Is your, you have a million bucks in assets. How do you feel? Do you feel rich? Do you feel I haven't made it yet? What, what's going on? You have a million bucks. In assets, sitting around in the bank or wherever. I definitely made it, but not not here in the city, like Phil said. Like it's tough. <laughs> it's kind of it's tough. tough. Okay. Uh, TJ, nod your head. Oh, one way or the, you don't feel rich a million dollars in assets. No, TJ, no. Nobody feels rich except Diego. Diego's oh, yeah, the only one. I never said I feel like rich, rich, but I feel I would be more comfortable. I would. I could definitely use a million dollars right now. <laughs> All right. Well, guess what? You guys are in the majority. All of you, to a degree or another, are in the majority. A third of the millionaires surveyed. One third of every millionaire surveyed said that they considered themselves to be middle class. Two thirds said they are among the upper middle class. Only a very small share of millionaires actually feel rich. 8%, 8% of Americans that have $1 million in investable assets actually consider themselves wealthy. That's from America Prize Financial Survey of more than 3,000 adults. That is a huge, that is almost double the sample size that you would get in most polls. And only 8% of people with a million bucks in assets say, yep, we're there. A lot of that is due to inflation. And you don't need me to tell you where the inflation in the cycle that we're under right now comes from. You know. But most of these people, 31%, not most, 60% of them, said they were among the upper middle class, but they're still middle class with over a million bucks in assets. 31% said, we're just middle class. We're not, we're not even upper middle class. Goes to show you, a million bucks is not what it used to be. I'm going to ask that question to you, this wonderful audience. You have, and many of you do, many of you have, I know you do, 
You don't have to tell us how much because we don't want people banging at your door saying, asking you the question, hey, uh, uh, can, you think you might be able to spare? Uh... No, no, no. We don't want any of that. But you can tell us, though, if you think that having a million dollars in investable assets makes you rich these days. And if you do, why? And if you don't, why not? 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. 800-848-WABC. The Marshall Tucker Band, lead guitarist, main songwriter, Toy Caldwell. He leveled up on, actually it's his heavenly birthday today, he's leveled up. He leveled up in 1993, he was only 45 years old. The Marshall Tucker Band, Marshall Tucker Band here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back, more of your calls coming up. And we've got a lot more news to get through as well, so don't go away. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Birthday today, Bill Gibson from Huey Lewis and the News. 1985, this one went all the way up to number one on the singles charts. story today in the Amazon Prime Washington Post. All about Mike. You know, this week we're coming into the shutdown scare time. I warned you this would happen. As soon as we had the speaker, sooner or later, you watch. They're going to ratchet this up. So big article today. New speaker Mike Johnson faces first test as government shutdown looms. He has to wrangle his fractious GOP conference as Congress tries to reach a short-term spending deal. Do not panic. Do not give in to it. There will be a deal somehow or another. There always is. But these deals are not going to last. Hopefully, this will be the last one of these deals we will see in a while, one of these short-term CRs. And I hope, I hope that Mike Johnson will not continue this trend of making the deal only go until the Christmas holidays so that they can uh, send And This is what they usually do. They usually have these deals timed right for the Christmas holidays. Congress wants to adjourn. They want to go home for Christmas. Everybody wants to get out of Washington, D.C., 
They packed this thing, all kind of spending plan, all kind of pork you couldn't imagine, all kind of spending. And then they rush and pass it through in the dead of night while you're out trying to buy presents and do everything else when no one's paying attention. I hope that is not the intention. You know what we should ask if we have time? Uh, this week, I mentioned Princess Di is going to be with us tomorrow. She has a theory on this big Xi Jinping meeting in San Francisco. On Wednesday, Jim Jordan, the man who would have been speaker, Jim Jordan will be with us for a short time on Wednesday. So we'll, I want to ask Jim Jordan a lot about the investigations, what's happening with the investigations. Of course, he heads the Senate Judici- I mean the House uh, Judiciary Committee. So we'll speak with Jim Jordan on Wednesday. There is still a lot of panties in a wad over Joe Manchin deciding he's not going to run again. The liberal columnist E.J. Dion Jr. from the Amazon Prime Washington Post is weighed in. Hey, Joe Manchin, there's no middle in a right-wing GOP. Joe Manchin III is leaving the U.S. Senate to go on a journey. The West Virginia Democrat said he's looking forward to traveling the country and speaking out to see if there's an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle. And what Joe and what E.J. Dion is saying is there's no middle. The GOP are just a bunch of extremists. Well, that's not true. There is plenty of quote unquote middle in the Republican Party. They are the moderates. In fact, the moderates in the GOP outnumber the conservatives which is why we get this tangled mess that we have had. Joe Biden. You know, David Axelrod is saying, you know, Joe Biden, he he needs to step down. This is Obama's guy, David Axelrod. Biden needs to step down. He's too old, can't handle it. It's disaster in waiting. Well... Politico, there's a Fox News article about a political story. John Martin hammered President Biden's re-election strategy on Monday, argued that reportedly calling Joe Biden has been calling former Obama advisor David Axelrod a P. Yes, the P word. In private. And now they're saying, you know what? You can call this guy a P all you want to. This is what Jonathan Martin, the political columnist, says. Calling him a P word is not going to win you votes. Calling David Axelrod a P as a person who has heard Biden use the word, says he does in private, is not a strategy to win 270 electoral votes. And repeating a PG version of the same animus in public while litigating polling with the White House press corps also won't make Biden's re-election any likelier, Mr. Martin wrote in Politico. So Politico, rarely do they attack any Democrat. But Politico say, hey, Joe, you can call this guy a P, a mm-mm, all you want. It's not going to help you win election. And believe me, the Democrats are getting worried.
there was a big, we talked about this story last week, black voters. Oh, yeah. It's in the Wall Street Journal today. Prints out 12 pages. Starts out this way. When Michelle Smith voted for President Biden in 2020, she thought he would help people like her. A black mother working two jobs and raising three teenage boys in North Philadelphia. Now she says she won't vote for him again, citing higher prices, skyrocketing rent, and a feeling that she has been left behind. Heading into 2024, Democrats are sounding alarm about losing voters like Smith. Black voter turnout fell during the 2022 midterm elections compared with the previous. Wait, they just got through telling us how wonderful these midterms were for Democrats. Polling and interviews show voters growing dissatisfaction over the economy and Biden's leadership. Wage gains have cooled more dramatically for black workers than any other Americans. By the way, this happens every time Democrats get in power. Hardest hit of black people. It happens every time Democrats get in power. Let me repeat. It happens every time Democrats get in power. They screw up the economy. Hardest hit are black workers. This is not new. But it goes largely unreported in the mainstream press. This is a truth. Median weekly earnings for black workers employed full-time rose 4.2% in the third quarter from a year earlier versus a 10.3% gain the prior year. What were they under President Trump? Miss mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Smith goes on to say, late the article, she's not going to vote at all. She's not going to vote Republicans, but she's not going to vote. But meanwhile, Donald Trump in recent polling is getting 22% of the black vote, largely due to economic matters, and Democrats are... Worried up the wazoo. And here's this one from The Hill today. Democrats off-year election wins mask underlying vulnerabilities. Now, last week they were telling us the Democrats, oh, they were on such a high. Democrats, this week they're like, wait a minute. The Democrats, the first sentence says it all. Despite Democrats' notable off-year election wins last week was a very bad week for Joe Biden. Number of polls. Not just that New York Times poll we talked about, but the Emerson poll show Biden trailing President Trump in five of six swing states. His approval rating sitting at a record low, 37%. Biden is now at levels on par with Jimmy Carter when Jimmy Carter ran again. And those of you old enough to remember that know Ronald Reagan cleaned his clock. It was a landslide. Joe Biden's numbers are very similar to Jimmy Carter's numbers when he lost in that 1980 landslide to Ronald Reagan. So, paradise, not there. Let us quickly get to some telephone calls. Anthony in New Jersey, you are up first on Bo Snerdy's Rush Hour. How are you, Anthony? I'm fine. It's an honor to talk to you, Bo. Thank you. Uh, uh, I'm a uh, Rush baby, and 
I graduated high school in 1964, and I, my dream was to make $10,000 a year. Now I have over a million dollars, and nothing's changed because of the costs and the fact that the dollar's not worth as much. I'm comfortable, comfortable. I have a house, but you have to be careful how you spend because you don't know what your money's going to be worth the next year. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> so now would you consider yourself, with over a million dollars in assets, would you consider yourself rich, middle class, uh, upper middle class, what? class with savings, because I understand that a large part of the population don't know how to save, but I was brought up by parents who grew up in the hard times, so I always save. So you learn how to save. Yes, and invest. And invest. Awesome, but middle class. Anthony, thank you so much. Appreciate the call. Charlie in East Hampton. Charlie, you're calling from the Hamptons. You got to tell me you're a rich guy, huh? <laughs> no, I'm a working guy. <laughs> you're a working guy. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, it, I guess it all depends on where you live, too. You know, um, the value, you know, what you get in, in the Hamptons for a million dollars, you know, a house, you can't even you can't even buy find a house for a million dollars in the Hamptons. You right. know, um, but, you know, uh I did okay. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to college. I took on a trade, um, and uh, I, I own a business, and uh, I think I'm doing okay. I would say I'm probably middle upper class. I, you know, own two houses. I own a business. Uh, I save. Um, I invest when I can, and uh, I got to keep track of where the money goes with the bills because it's just it's getting to be. It's more expensive every year to run a business and to, just to live. You know, the cost of everything just keeps going up. So you don't feel rich. You don't feel like, ah, I've done, I can just go off in the sunset now and just, you know, stop working and spend. I've got over a million bucks. I'm had it. I don't have to work anymore. I'm good. No, no. I'm, I'm still, you know, uh, out and about hustling and, and uh, you know, no, I don't feel rich. <laughs> you know, I don't. Charlie, thank you. Thank you for answering the question. This goes to the poll. We were looking at the survey. 8% of people with over a million dollars in that. 8%. Only 8% say, yeah, yeah, I'm rich. 92% say, million bucks in assets? No, I'm middle class. Maybe I'm upper middle class, but I'm middle class. Birthday today, J.C. Crowley, American musician, best known as one of the guys in Player. This one from 1977, baby. Come back. It's time to check in with Lou Dobbs. Our very own James Flippin is sitting in for Lou Dobbs today with Lou Dobbs' business report. And we'll be back with more of your calls right after. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Day 21, Phil Margot levels up to the next lifetime American musician. 
best known for his time with the Tokens. He and his brother Mitch, both in the group, made this one, you know it, The Lion uh, Sleeps Tonight. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's start in Yonkers. You're up first. Al, what is on your mind this afternoon? Good afternoon, Bo. Uh, Dave Axelrod, uh, you know, I read his book. He's formerly grew up in Stuyvesant Town, had good relationships with Harold Washington, Paul Simon, and President Obama. And what he says about Joe Obama, uh, excuse me, Joe Biden, I agree fully. I agree fully. Yes, and he is finding himself now being called all sorts of names from, uh, look, it's not just Axelrod. As I mentioned last week, James Carville has been out saying, come on, guys, get this together. And you see all the warning signs going up. So we shall see. Now, Princess Di, among others, she says, look, it's not going to be Biden. Something's going to happen. I'm telling you, I don't see any way they can depose Biden right now. That could change, but this is going to be interesting. We'll have to see whether he can even get through the rigors of a presidential campaign. Let's go to Texas. Bill, how are you, Bill? What part of Texas are you calling from? Uh, good afternoon, Bill. I'm calling from Galveston, Texas, beachfront. I've been to Galveston. I love Galveston. Yeah, man. Anyway, <laughs> so do I. you're over there near Port Arthur, down in that way of Texas. Well, a little bit west of that. Uh, we, you know, mm-hmm. you know Galveston's about 50, uh, about, maybe about 50 miles from Port Arthur, I guess. Well, in Texas, that's neighbors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, I was calling about your question on, uh, uh, regarding millionaires and, uh, as a, as a transplanted, uh, Bronxite, I certainly understand the difference in cost of living between East coast and, uh, certainly where I am in, in, uh, South Texas. And, uh, as far as myself. I'm, you know, if I if I counting my house, we're we're probably north of two million dollars, and uh, but certainly <clears throat> certainly not. We're, I consider myself uh, out of the middle class, uh, and I pay for everything in cash. I mean, I'm putting the door through college on cash. I buy a car in cash. I pay my credit cards off every month. Uh, so as you know, as far as myself, I can't go to Europe and go around the world. But as far as standard of living. Uh, it's it's more than middle class down here anyway. So so let me see if I understand this right. So you're not complete. You're not 100 percent wealthy. Wealthy. You're comfortable. Is that what you're telling us? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you, but I mean, do you consider have, you yourself? Know, is it upper middle class, or do you consider yourself having broke the wealthy barrier? Uh, I I say upper middle class. That. that I don't have any problems spending money, and uh, okay. but like I said, like, you know, if I buy a car, it's cash. Um, if I want to, if I want to go out to a restaurant, I go. There's no budget. Uh, now, years ago, when I was, I'm, I'm retired, but years ago, when I was when I was a working person, I didn't have the assets I have today, but I did have a pretty good income. When I went to vacation in New York, I didn't use the budget. I stayed at the Plaza. I went out to the East Hamptons, and you know, I went all nice. Place, we got to end it there, my friend, because time on us has run out. But thank you for the call from Galveston, Texas. 
My friends, thank you for being with us. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we will be back tomorrow for the Tuesday edition of Bo's Nerdly's Rush Hour. Until then, bye. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.